0: Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, it's great to see you guys. I want to welcome you again uh, to Blue Ridge Church. Welcome to our online campus. I hope you've had a great Christmas, a great New Year, and you are full steam ahead into 2020. 23. And the good news is you already got a week under your belt, right? Those of you that set those New Year's resolutions, you've already accomplished them or you've already bailed on them within the first week. But I'm glad you've joined us for this series because we are going to talk about priorities. And we're going to learn each week about something that we can prioritize in our life. And if we're really honest today, we need a series like this because we live in a world that tries to prioritize for us, right? Tries to prioritize our values, tries to uh, prioritize the direction that we go in and that we're heading in life. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at how can we take some control back in this hectic, crazy, fast-paced world that we all live in. And if you think about priorities, we're constantly prioritizing, right? We prioritize our time, We prioritize our finances. We prioritize relationships and prioritize friendships. We prioritize our actions and attitudes in life. So today what I want to talk about is how do we prioritize our time? Because if we can get time right, we can get the rest of the things that we're going to talk about in this series right. And truly, when you think about time and the time that we have on this earth, that's the one thing that we can't get any more of. Is time. We all, you know, we get 24 hours each day, we get seven days each week, and however long God has given us, that's all that we get. And if you look at your life, I would say today you would admit that your life is incredibly hectic. You got way too many commitments, you've got too much work, too much pressure, too many things to do, and quite frankly, there's not enough time each day that we live to get everything done, so we have to prioritize it. And so what I hope uh, we'll achieve in this series is we'll start to prioritize some of these things, especially like time we're going to talk about today, but we can stop feeling so overwhelmed all the time. I I talk to people all the time during the week, and people are just incredibly overwhelmed and, and burdened. Maybe we can even get a little more balance in our lives and bring a little more freedom To our life where we can truly enjoy each day that we're given. And when it comes to time, listen, things are getting faster and faster in our culture, right? As if Amazon wasn't fast enough. You know, you can order something and like within two days, you can have it on your doorstep. Well, over Christmas, I ordered something uh, for a buddy of mine in Wisconsin. I ordered it at night, like at nine o'clock or 9.30 at night. And one of my options for delivery was next day before 10 a.m. I'm like, that's crazy. So there's certain parts of the country you can get something the same day when you order it. And that's not going to change. I think the world we live in is going to continue to get faster and faster. And you see this in people's lives. Just look around you. You know, at work, uh, when you're out at the mall or out shopping the grocery store, everybody is multitasking. Everybody's got a phone glued to their ear or to their phone, uh, their hands, right? And what's worse is people are multitasking in their cars while they're driving. And I know I'm old. I know, you know, I've become my parent and I complain about everything. But it's crazy when you see somebody driving and they're updating their Facebook status, right? Or they're more concerned with what's going on on social media than paying attention to, to the road, Right? 97% of us that are adults have a cell phone now in the United States. And like 85, I think Pew research said 85 to 86% of those are smartphones. So even though we're more connected than ever because of this, because of technology, we've got really the world at our fingertips we can get just tons and tons of information. Nobody has time to have a conversation. Right? Nobody has time to have a personal conversation anymore because we're too busy. We've got too many things one after the other that we have to do. Nobody has time to stop and truly enjoy the moment. And listen, I'm not preaching. I'm not fussing. I'm wired for that kind of life. I love to move fast and I love to get things accomplished, but I also know that it's not healthy to do that all the time. And the good news is, God knew we were going to struggle with this because the Bible talks a lot about the busyness of our life and when when we get too hurried and the frantic pace of our lives. And and what are the detriments of moving too fast through life? Well, one thing is, uh, you know, the faster we move through life, the more problems and difficulties we have, and then the more stress we have. So I think the faster we go, even though we think if we can eliminate some of these things off of our plate, it ends up causing us more stress. And again, that's not how life was designed. God did not design us to just go all the time, nonstop, without any rest. Job chapter 9, verse 25 says this, and listen, all of our verses and learnings are on that Church Center app if you want to download that onto your phone, um, All right, maybe I should have given paper copies today. But here's what Job says. My time is short. What's left of my life races off too fast for me to even glimpse the good. The older you get, you know, you hear, oh, the older you get, the faster life goes. It really does because our lives are so complicated. So learning number one, we miss the good things in life when we move too fast. The faster we move, The less time we have to truly enjoy life, the life that God expects us to enjoy. And and we're moving fast. We think we're being very, very productive, but it's really counterproductive. Time truly does fly by when we're too busy. Now, we talked about joy a little bit over Christmas and happiness and the difference in, in those two. Just ask yourself a question. When was the last time you felt genuine joy? or true happiness in your life. And I think a lot of times, even though we may have those moments of joy and happiness, we're moving too fast to, to recognize it and to enjoy it. Or because we have so many commitments, uh, you know, we're so serious about life and getting this done and this done and this done, we miss the happiness and the happy times of life, the joyful times of life. So we gotta slow down. Slowing down will bring joy back into our lives, I guarantee. It'll bring some peace back into our lives. Well, why don't we want to slow down? Anybody afraid of missing anything? Anybody ever get FOMO? My kids always talk about, well, I've got FOMO. You know, I don't want to miss out on anything. That's one of the reasons we're not willing to slow down and rest is because we're afraid that we're going to miss something. So what goes by the wayside is rest. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because that's very important to God. When you look at creation, God created in six days and He rested and enjoyed what He created on the seventh. What else happens when we won't slow down is we become inefficient. Even though we think the faster we go, the more things we check off the to do list, we're getting more and more efficient, we're really inefficient. Think about, at least personally, when I do a home project or I'm working on a car, the faster I go, the more rushed I am, the more mistakes I make, right? You measure a board wrong, you cut it wrong, or you you put the brakes back on the car, and I was, oh, wow, I wonder what this part is for, you know, and you got to take it all back apart. You're moving fast and thinking you're making progress, but really, we're less productive when we go faster. And the scripture supports that. Look at Proverbs 21, 5, the plans of the diligent, And we could say, you know, when we prioritize our life, what we're talking about in this series, we're diligent. But the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. So we have to take time in life to recharge, to plan, to prioritize. I mean, it's okay to want to accomplish. It's okay to want to achieve, It's all right that we have New Year's goals and we want to get ahead, but if we're not diligent and if we move too fast and we don't rest and prioritize our time, we're not going to succeed anyway. Proverbs 19.2 says this, Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. Again, what we just talked about. So a good indicator is when you find yourself making more and more mistakes, more mistakes at home, saying things you shouldn't say, making mistakes at work. It's probably a good idea to look at your time and to slow down and make sure you're getting rest. Another problem when we don't slow down is we miss God, right? Often God gets the short end of the stick. He gets whatever we have left over. We'll give him a little time during the day and that split minute that we have with God we're throwing up prayers to God the things we're concerned about and things we're worried about and things you know people that are sick but then we don't even slow down enough to hear from God or to hear his answer to our prayer or to gain wisdom and guidance and direction from him because again we're moving too fast Psalm 46:10 God says be still and know that I am God Again, if we don't prioritize our time with God, if we don't slow down, we're not gonna hear from Him. Sometimes God's trying to get a message through to us. He's trying to give us some direction in our life, but we never hear it because we're so busy. So now that I've outlined what I constantly do wrong, and I'm sure a lot of you are in the same boat, let's look at what we can do to truly prioritize our time Encounter the craziness of the world we live in, because the crazy of the world is not going to get any better; it's only going to get worse. Because the world continues to say, "Do more, achieve more, you know, commit to more, get more." So here's learning number two: I need to evaluate my motivations and compare them to my values. In other words, if we're serious about bringing a little bit of balance back to our lives we have to deal honestly with what our motivations are in life and what we value in life. In other words, what is it that truly motivates me and drives me? Why do I keep wanting more, doing more, achieving more? You know, more money, more accomplishments, more success, more accolades, whatever it is. We have to honestly look at what it is that drives us in life. And what motivates us in life. And it, again, it's okay to be driven. It's okay to be, you know, motivated. But when our drive is out of control and our motivations are out of control, it's not healthy. Drive and desire without any boundaries around it. And that's the way most of us run. It's destructive. You know, drive with the wrong motivations, it, it only, not only destroys us, it destroys the people in our lives in the people around us. Now, you would think that I would tell you, okay, the key to slowing down your life and the key to prioritizing your time is just take stuff off your schedule, right? That's what a time management seminar will tell you. Just take everything off your schedule. But our tendency is when we do that, we simply add things back onto our schedule. We just find something else to fill that time. So we have to get at the root issue of why we're so driven. Why are we so motivated? And looking at uh, our own contentment is a great place to start. But if we are driven and we are motivated by the wrong things, again, it's detrimental. In other words, if we're driven by things like fear, guilt, pride, greed, jealousy, ego, if any of those things are what are driving us in life, and often it is, or we're competing with the person next to us, then it's not healthy at all. But a good place to start is just to look at your contentment. And again, we're not calling anybody out, but just, am I content with where I'm at in life? Am I content with what I have in life? Because if we're not content, we're restless and we're still driven, and we're still motivated. And if what's behind that is sinful, it's dangerous to us. King Solomon figured this out. And listen, this is a battle that's not going to go away. You may get it for a couple of weeks, but it's going to constantly be there because the culture we live in says do more, achieve more, get more, go for more, compete more. Look at Ecclesiastes six. He might live a 1,000 years twice over, but still not find contentment. And since he must die like everyone else, well, what's the use? Let's look at another one. Ecclesiastes 4.6. And yet, better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. In other words, it's better to find contentment with what we have and a little bit of peace in our life instead of constantly being busy all the time. And that other verse is saying one handful is enough. That verse is saying you're not going to necessarily be happier with two handfuls. You're not going to be happier with more. So we have to learn to be fulfilled and content with what we already have. Because let's face it, if we're not happy with what we have today, we're not going to be happy with what we may or may not get tomorrow, right? If we're not happy and content in our circumstances today, we're not gonna be happy and content in our circumstances if they change tomorrow. So we have to go back and look at what is it that really drives me and motivates me. And when you start to match those drives and those motivations with what you truly value in life, then you're going to be able to prioritize your life. What do you value? Ask yourself that question. What is it that I truly value? Now, if I was setting your values for you, I'd tell you your first priority has to be your faith, right? And you've heard me talk about this, especially when we do a relationship series, but Christ has to be your your number one priority. And I get some of you aren't there yet. You don't have a relationship with Christ. You don't know where you stand on the faith journey, and that's fine, but if you do, Follow Christ, then that has to be your number one priority. then, if you're married, it has to be your spouse, and then, if you have kids, it 's got to be your kids and then, after your kids it has to be your extended family and friends, and then your vocation well scott i 'm single i don 't have a spouse. Well, you go back to the top. your faith still has to be the priority, but then comes your family, extended family, and your friends that 's how our priorities have to be, so what we do is we go back and see, okay. Are my motivations and my drives adding to those values or taking away from those values? And then is my uh, motivation and drive helping me to be more content or is it driving discontentment in my life? Again, it's all about being honest with ourselves and where we're at. What else can we do uh, to prioritize our time? Stop over committing stop over committing. We have become people who can't say no. We constantly say yes. We constantly say yes to things that don't line up with what we truly value in life. We're a society, really a culture that's into saying yes all the time. And I don't know why that is other than we just love that feeling, right, of knowing somebody needs me. Somebody wants to hang out with me. Somebody wants to be, to be with me. And I think we're afraid that we're going to hurt somebody's feelings, right? When we say no, but we have to stop overcommitting ourselves because really we don't have anybody to blame but ourselves, right, for our schedules in the crazy pace of our life. And I told somebody in the lobby between services, if you need an excuse to say no, blame it on me. Just say, well, our pastor said... That I have to say no. You can use that. It'll work, I guarantee you. But again, we have to stop overcommitting because we're not just hurting ourselves, we're hurting everybody that's associated with us. If you've got kids, you're hurting your kids when you overcommit. They're not getting the time, and that's something we'll talk about in this series prioritizing our kids, but they're not getting the time that they need either. Proverbs 20 25 says this I love this verse from the message. An impulsive vow. Is a trap. Later, you'll wish you could get out of it. All right, be honest. How many of you the holidays committed to something you wish you could have gotten out of? A lot of us, right? You're thinking, why in the world did I say yes to this a month ago, right? We shouldn't promise or commit to things without fully thinking them through. And I'm going to add, we should prayerfully consider the commitments that we make. And again, I'm not saying that you can't commit to something, but the commitments you make have to support those values, those things you value the most in life. It's always easier to commit to something than to get out of something, isn't it? It's easier to get into a relationship than it is to get out of a relationship, right? It's easier, uh, you know, to get into trouble than it is to get out of trouble. It's easier to gain weight than it is, oh, well, I won't go there, right? (laughs) It's easier to put things on the schedule than it is to just say, no, I'm not going to put that on my schedule. Just because we're able and we can do something and we want to do something doesn't mean we have to do it. So only say yes to those things that are going to further your value system in your life, but also those things that aren't going to lead to discontentment in your life. And It's not easy. We have to be intentional. So when we started talking, I brought up this whole concept of rest and how we have to take care of ourselves and we have to get rest. And you've heard us talk about this before because it is a commandment. It was actually my daily devotional yesterday, but we have to take a day off. We have to take a day off to rest and to recharge each week. That's the way that God designed us. He did not design us to go 24-7. 24-6, okay, 24-7, no. That's not how we were designed. And it's so important to God, he made it one of the Ten Commandments. And people are like, well, the Ten Commandments for the Old Testament. Well, the Ten Commandments, a lot of them were mentioned in the New Testament, right? So they're still applicable. But look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 9 and 10. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Now, you folks with teenagers are like, and I'd take the six days out of my teenager, right, if you had a teenager. But this is just about taking one day out of seven and resting, all right? God thought it was so important. He said this, uh, top 10, this is one of them. And we'll do a series on the on the 10 commandments at some point. But let's just get real honest. How many of us and, and don't raise your hands. If you're online, don't put it in the in the chat, but think think to yourself, how often do you take a day off? Do you take a day off every single week? In my I would venture to say you don't. You don't do that. Now I've gotten a lot better at this over Uh, the past five years, you know, trying to take a day off each and every week. But we are completely comfortable ignoring this part of the scripture. But if I did that series on the Ten Commandments and said, you know, don't kill and don't steal and don't commit adultery and don't covet and don't have any other gods before God, we'd all agree, yeah, I would never do that. But this one, the fourth commandment to take a day off, we break that one all the time, doesn't bother us a bit. We think, well, you know, they needed me. Or I'm getting ahead at my company and I'm I'm taking care of my family and I'm doing what the Bible says, providing for my family. So I just didn't take a day off. Doesn't work that way. God didn't give any stipulations, you know, take one day off unless something comes up. So we, this is a... When it comes to prioritizing time, if we can get this part right, I'm telling you, your six days will be efficient if you take that one and rest. Well, what day do I take off? Now, if you grew up like I did in a traditional church, it was Sunday, baby. And then there's arguments from other places. No, it's not, that's not the Sabbath. This is the Sabbath. It doesn't matter. A lot of people work on Sunday. It's okay. Just take one out of seven. Colossians, I think it is, says don't let people judge you about that. It doesn't matter, you know, this day or that day. The key is to be intentional about it. The big question, especially as a kid, was what can I do on my day off? Because we couldn't do anything, right? You, you're lucky your parents let you breathe, right, on Sunday. It was, it was really strict. But I tell people, you know, get some rest, It's okay to rest your physical body, especially if you're hard on your body all week long because of your vocation. Get some rest. Take a nap. Hang out with people that encourage you, that strengthen you, not people that suck the life out of you. Anybody got any life suckers in their life? Of course you do. Life suckers don't even know they're life suckers, but they suck the life out of everybody else. I don't don't know where I'm going with this, but don't Don't hang out with them on your day off. That's what I'm saying. Don't take their call. Just don't hang out with them, all right? Hang out with people that you like being. You can do that. What about your your, your spiritual journey? I think it's a great time, considering it's a Sabbath to God, to reflect on how good God's been to you and how much God's done for you. Catch up on those things that you worry about and stress about all week you shouldn't be worried and stressed about. Give those things to God. That's a great time to say, God, you know, I'm going to give this to you today because I'm going to enjoy this day. I'm going to rest like you've instructed me to do. You can get some activity. You can do things on your day off as long as you love it and you enjoy it. And it's not work to you. For some of you, maybe that's playing golf. For me, (laughs) golf tests my Christianity, (laughs) right? Throwing clubs and shouting at a ball all afternoon is not my idea of rest, but for some of you, it is. You can do that. You can take a hike. You can do whatever. For me, and I know I've got issues. My family tells me I have issues, but I like to paint. That's relaxing to me. Or I like to mow the grass or you know, work outside. It's okay. As long as it's relaxing to you and rejuvenating to you, you can do, the sky's the limit on that. The key is, Get away from the hustle and bustle of your everyday routine. Get away from the crazy social media circus where everybody's comparing their lives to everybody else's highlight reels. Have some quiet time. Stay away from the negativity in the the news. Do nothing if you want to, but prioritize it in your time. And I'm telling you, the more we prioritize our time with God, especially on that day off, the better your week's going to go. I guarantee you're going to have a lot less stressed. You're going to be more relaxed. Psalm 127 verse 2 says this, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat for God gives rest to his loved ones. And I know some of you feel guilty about resting. Jesus didn't. Jesus got away. He did not minister to every single person that he encountered. He got away and he rested. All right, here's learning number three. Uh, Something else that'll help us to prioritize our time, I think, is I need to be patient and wait for God's timing or God's direction. I think one of the reasons we're so hurried is because we're not patient and willing to wait on God. Do you know what impatience is at its root? It's that we don't trust God. Impatience says, I don't trust God knows what's best for my life. I, I don't trust that uh, God knows what he's doing. I don't trust that God's got my best interest at heart. So what do we do? We go in our own direction and, and we strive and we call and we scratch to achieve something that God may want us to have, but he may not want us to have. And then we get our life all out of whack instead of simply waiting for his direction. And the Bible's really clear. Uh, God's got a plan for our life and a purpose for our life. We know this. But he also has a timetable to fulfill those plans. And the problem is he never gives you and I that timetable. And that's intentional. He'll tell us the plan and the purpose for our life, but it's going to be in his timing. And we don't like to wait on God. So we take matters into our own hands and we overcommit our lives, and overschedule our lives, and overwork our lives. More wisdom in Ecclesiastes 3.11. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So, you know the reason that God doesn't give us the whole timetable for our life Because he wants us to trust him. If he gave us the whole timetable right now, it wouldn't require any faith. We wouldn't have to trust him. He simply wants us to trust him. When the disciples asked Jesus, when he was talking about ascending to heaven and then coming back, they're like, well, when are you going to come back? And he basically said, that's not for you to know. That's on God's timetable. You just need to trust him. So for serious about slowing down the pace of our life and prioritizing what's most important in our life, we have to trust that, yes, He's got a plan and a purpose, but He also has the timeline to do that. And we have to wait for Him. And I I know what you're asking, well, what about all these other things? You know, what about my dreams and my goals and my ambitions and the New Year's resolutions that I've said? It's okay to work towards those things. Just don't get ahead of God, right? Don't get ahead of his timeline. Wait for him when you need direction and guidance. In a great verse, um, kind of an obscure passage that may help, Habakkuk chapter two, verse three, if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place, it will not be delayed. We get so impatient, and that is a lot of our issue when it comes to our time. So if you're ready to prioritize, especially what we've talked about today, our time, if you're ready to focus on the most important things in your life, those things you truly value, if you're kind of tired of living this life that's constantly under stress and constantly under pressure and it's totally overloaded, I want to encourage you, each week, try to join us for this series. It doesn't mean you have to be here. You can join Uh, With our online campus, our talks are available all throughout the week. But try to keep up each week simply because we're going to talk about something different that's going to make our life better. And I truly believe it's going to bring us all into better alignment with where God desires for us to be in, in the life he wants us to live. He doesn't want us to be stressed out with our time. He doesn't want us to always feel like we're running, 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 running. So there's a lot of things we can learn to prioritize. And I'm going to tell you the first step probably, and I probably should have started with this, but prioritizing our life is to prioritize Christ. Prioritize our faith. And again, those that haven't made a decision, I get that. Keep asking questions. Make that a priority. I'm going to settle this faith issue this year. But if you've already said yes to Christ, prioritize your time with him. He takes our overcrowded lives, our broken lives, our ugly lives, our bad lives, and he gives us hope and he gives us peace. And if we'll just wait on his direction and guidance, things will go a lot smoother for all of us. So if you haven't made that decision, I want to encourage you, don't put that off. Prioritize that first and foremost before any of the other things. Let's pray together. God, I know there's a lot of people watching today and in here that are overloaded. Or we do desire a simpler life. And we we look at culture and culture is going in the exact opposite direction and 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 wanting to define our values and our direction in life. God, we want our lives not stretched all the time and out of out of balance and out of whack. Help us to prioritize our time. Our time with those we love the most, our time with those that we value and our time with you. Lord, help us to truly look at our motivations and our drives this week. What is motivating me? What is driving me to to want this, to achieve this, this constant push for more that we have? And just be honest with ourselves because that's the starting point. God, help us to see clearly if we're being driven by the wrong things. Lord, give us more time with the relationships that mean the most to us. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Thank you that you walk through this life with us. Amen. Real quick as we finish up just a couple of things. January the 22nd, Sunday, January the 22nd, starting right after the second service, we're having our next uh, Blue Ridge Church 101. That's where uh, if you want more information about the church, we talk about the style, the structure, the strategy, why we do the things that we do here. Uh, it's an hour and 15 minutes. We serve lunch. We have childcare. So if you've never been through that and that's something that you would like to do, you can simply sign up on your connection card for that. And, and let me encourage you, next week, grab a friend. I, I'm sure you've got friends that need to prioritize just like we do. Bring them to church with you um, next Sunday. But I hope you have a terrific week. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us and to be with us. God bless you guys.